The following is a podcast from a qualified senior care provider heard on the Answers for Elders radio show. And welcome everyone to Answers for Elders radio network. And we are here in the month of October. And everywhere around us, not only are the leaves turning and they're falling away, I always look at the month of October because it's also Alzheimer's month. And I think there's kind of, for me, I'm reminded of a graphic um, that shows a tree losing its leaves and as the mind starts to change for those that are suffering with Alzheimer's disease. And I, you know, we, I think, we try to bring as much information on Alzheimer's and dementia as possible because in my opinion, sometimes it's, I think it's the hardest situation for a family caregiver. Um, They don't necessarily know how to communicate. There's not a lot of education for families on trying to navigate senior care, um, especially for those that oftentimes can't speak for themselves because they have memory issues, cognitive issues, all different types of scenarios. So we're going to talk about Alzheimer's today, and we're going to talk a lot about the family dynamic around Alzheimer's. And we are here with wonderful Kelly Smith, one of my very favorite guests on, on the entire planet. Kelly, I'm glad you're here from Care Partners Living. Thank you. It's an, always a lot of fun. And I appreciate being here. Well, we're glad you're here, too, because this is such a, you know, monumental topic, Kelly. I, I mean, I, I talk to families every day, and it's like so interesting. <laughs> I have just received an email this morning from someone, a family that I know, and basically the question was, um, my mom and I went to the doctor and she's quote unquote on the border of not being able to drive anymore because she has dementia and uh, the beginning stages of dementia and the, and her doctor wanted her to, to be assessed of whether it was safe to drive. Well, first of all, I, my mind kicked in. Well, the only assessment for somebody to drive would be the DMV, <laughs> but I, you know, it would be concerning to me because obviously I think this is a nice way of a doctor saying, you know, it's probably time, but I want to be a nice guy, right? So obviously there's a lot of differences, I think, in your world about what's the difference between normal aging and how we forget things and how we move forward and what you know where do we draw the line between that what's normal and what is dementia and alzheimer's and how does that fit into the picture well i think one of the things people have to remember is that we're all going to get forgetful at times depending on our stress level workload, etc. Mm-hmm. And you can be forgetful at 20, you can be forgetful at 40, you can be forgetful at 80. Amen. What is normal forgetfulness? Forgetfulness is you know, you're walking out the door and do you have your keys. Mm-hmm. Um, not normal for forgetfulness is you've got medications on the counter that are eight years old, but you think that you just got them. Yeah. Um, my grandfather is a perfect example of this. He could tell me stories from 1945, but he couldn't remember what he had for breakfast. Right. That's not normal aging. Um, People suffering from dementia will also have periods of depression, periods Mm -hmm. of aggression, Mm -hmm. uh, frustration. Um, Mm -hmm. There may be be some behaviors that you might go, what in the devil is dad drinking again? (laughs) (laughs) You know, all of a sudden there's going to be moments when you might lose three hours, you might lose three days. 
mm-hmm. when a person isn't making sense and, and, and things they're doing are not in harmony with what kind of a person they are and you're confused mm-hmm. yourself. And that's when families get really, you know, panic sets in and people start thinking, well, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and the one earmark we always tell families is the one thing we always look for is danger. If the person's not a danger to themselves or other people, why are you trying to take things away from them? Let's let's focus on what can we do where we're at at the moment, you know, before we start jumping to a lot of conclusions about things. And the very first thing that is always recommended is get them in to see their doctor mm-hmm. to get a proper diagnosis. Right, right. And I think that alone is a big, big uh, part of this is the fact that once you have a formal diagnosis, there's different options for to provide care. But I think a lot of times family members may not recognize early warning signs. They may think, oh, well, dad always tells the same story over and over again, and he always has, and it's not a big deal. Or maybe, um, you know, mom has always been stubborn, and she's just a little more stubborn than she used to be. You know, those, those kind of things um, may be, you know, misinterpreted as dementia or Alzheimer's or not, you know, right. thinking that it's just normal. So um, I guess my question is, in our, is if, you're, if you're thinking about it, <clears throat> that maybe something's off, you're probably right. Wouldn't you say that that's true? That's, that's usually it. Let's be honest. Unless we have a, you know, a, a, a long-distance relationship with our families, we usually can tell when there's been a decline mm-hmm. that's significant enough that really does make a difference. People, we all decline as we get older. I think the saddest thing to, to watch is your parents start to slow down. Yeah. Um, they don't do the same things they used to do, or they don't, you know, not having people over and things like that. But pay attention to those kinds of signs as well, because the first thing people a lot of times do with any form of dementia is they start mm-hmm. isolating. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so that's something to pay attention to is, is not just how is mom physically with her hygiene and, and how's the house yeah. looking, but how's she doing socially? She still keeps up with her friends and family. Well, there's, there's a number of things you have to, you have to consider all together. Well, and I think you bring up a really good point of, you know, look at the surroundings. I mean, I know, <laughs> um, you know, I went in my mother's uh, refrigerator and she had, little tiny teaspoons of food inside containers that, you know, had science projects growing around them that were sitting there for months and months and months, you know, and she just, it, there was something that just wasn't connecting with her, you know, as far as, um, you know, this is not any good anymore or she, you know, things like that. And yes, there's a lot of things that are semi-normal um, about that too. But again, it's some things that I think, Oftentimes we think about, you know, as a family member, something's off, you know, and you don't necessarily know it. So here's my next question. If you're sensing that something's off as an adult child or as a spouse, um, what are your recommendations on how to bring that up to, um, to your loved one? Well, first of all, a lot of it's going to depend on kind of where we're at in the process. Uh, again, right. it's, you know, a spouse, you're going to notice things a lot sooner than you would maybe a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and having those conversations is tough. And what I always recommend is put yourself in the other person's shoes for just a minute before you even start this conversation. Understand that what you're going to sit down and talk to them about is scary. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it can change both of your lives immediately so, or long term. 
both. <laughs> yeah. And so the first thing to do is take, take a deep breath and think about how you, what is the message you want to convey and ask them how they're feeling. Ask mm-hmm. them if they're noticing, are you feeling a little bit different? Are you noticing things are a little tougher or harder or whatever it is you're noticing in the home? Talk to them about it. That's you know, really things important. aren't, you know, and see what they say. They may mm-hmm. tell you, yes, and I haven't been feeling right. And I just, I'm scared, you know, or they may tell you oh, I'm perfectly fine. Um, and then you'll kind of know how <laughs> I've handled it from there. But um, put yourself in their shoes, first of all, and understand that this is not an easy conversation for you to have, but it's a harder conversation to hear. Yeah. And I think one of the things that you brought up, which is really important, is the fact that, you know, the dynamic, I think, too, between a parent and a child is going to be different. I mean, when you're looking at a, for example, a a mother-daughter situation, I don't care if mom is very weak and, and, you know, using a walker, you're still the daughter. (laughs) And there's a... that generation, older generation, tends to have a lot of pride on their shoulders. They're not going to show vulnerability to their adult children. So a lot of things, you know, maybe it's just learning to position conversations in a way that that doesn't put them on the defensive and to think it through on, you know, how do you best approach those those conversations, like what you said, are you feeling different? And, you know, are are you noticing people maybe getting a little bit more annoyed with you when you're, you know, conversing something like that so that you can bring them into the communication. And I think that's important as well. And also keep in mind the family dynamic when you're having this conversation. Mm -hmm. I remember Mm -hmm. one time my mom got really sick. Uh, This has probably been, I don't know, 15 years ago. And was in the hospital for a long time and they said she could go home, but they really recommended she had some extra care. And I said, Hey, I'm the oldest kid. I'm the daughter. I'll come take care of you. And she said, no, no, my feelings were hurt for just a minute, but then I got it. She said, she came, she said, come here. And I got really close to her and she said, I've liked your behind and I get it. She did not want that dynamic to change. No, she didn't want to become my child. No. And if I had gotten sick and her taking care of me, there wouldn't have been any dignity issues because she's mm-hmm. already done that from the time I was born. So yeah. to change that dynamic, you have to think about that when you're having these conversations with your loved ones as well. Remember, you're trying not to put them in a position where their dignity could be a concern. You know, maybe they don't want you to take care of them. And don't take that personally, but if they no. know what's, what, what this could look like, there's a good opportunity they may not want to have you be the one that does that kind of work for them. And you're going to have to honor their wishes as well. Yeah. And I think really, you know, I I want to explore in our next segment a little bit about connecting with them in a new way and with communication and really talking a little bit about how to explore care options together. And I think that's one of the things that um, I'm excited to talk to you about. And so in the meantime, Kelly and I are going to be right back right after this But Kelly, can you tell everyone that is listening today, how do we reach you? The best place to check us out is carepartnersliving.com. And that can tell you kinds of cool things and see some neat pictures and check out all of our communities. Yeah, all of your communities. It's amazing (laughs) how you're growing. And the beauty here for everyone, just so you know, is is that Care Partners is an incredible organization. and has a brand new, or not a brand new, but a very unique, wonderful concept for those 
that are suffering from Alzheimer's dementia. And we are going to talk about those care options later in this hour. And so Kelly and I will be right back right after this. Answers for Elders radio show with Suzanne Newman hopes you found this podcast useful in your journey of navigating senior care. Check out more podcasts like this to help you find qualified senior care experts in areas of financial, legal, health and wellness and living options. Learn about our radio show, receive promotional discounts and meet our experts by clicking on the banner to join the Senior Advocate Network at AnswersForEldersRadio.com. Now there is one place to find the Answers for Elders. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.